because parenting is a team sport. Communication, respect are going to be more important than ever once you have a baby. And a baby moon offers such a perfect opportunity to really just connect with each other and really work on this. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. Did you know that an estimated 60% of expecting couples take a baby moon before the birth of their first child? It's true. (laughs) And while it's most common among first-time parents, veteran parents can, and they do, (laughs) take a baby moon before their next baby's birth as well. So in today's episode, I thought it would be fun to talk more about baby moons. We'll talk about why you should do it, when you should do it, planning tips, destination ideas, and more. I'm also going to be talking more broadly about pregnancy travel advice and tips so that you can travel safely during your pregnancy as well. I've got info surrounding flying during pregnancy, long car rides, what to pack, and lots of other great advice too. And after you've listened to this episode, go give a listen to episode 160, where I had an OBGYN, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, come on the show for an Ask Me Anything OBGYN style episode, because you're bound to learn something new. That was a really fun episode too, and I just love her. But for now, are you ready to talk travel? Let's get into it. So first off, you want to make sure that you talk to your provider, right, about traveling, even if it's in the car and regardless of what gestation you're at, because if you do have a high risk pregnancy, you want to let your provider know that, hey, I'm going on this three hour car ride at, you know, and I'm 30 or 32 weeks or something. They might, you know, give you some specific guidelines or say, oh, okay, you know, that's good to know. Make sure you stop frequently and get up and stretch your legs and walk around. But it is important to at least have that conversation. And they'll also be able to talk to you about when to call and what to do if anything were to happen, because you just never know what can happen in pregnancy, right? have moms who have completely normal pregnancies and then they break their water at 29 weeks or 31 weeks or something and they're on vacation somewhere and they don't know what to do. It happens. So it's always best to just let your provider know what's going on if you're traveling anywhere and communicate and also make sure that your destination is pregnancy friendly from a healthcare standpoint. Okay. So that means that your destination does not currently have a Zika outbreak (laughs) and that COVID transmission levels are low and you're not going anywhere that is super crazy remote that it's going to take you like more than a few hours to reach a healthcare provider. Now let's talk about flying. So this is one that we get all the time. Can I fly during pregnancy or like how late can I fly when I'm pregnant? So the quick answer is that it depends on where you're at in your pregnancy and whether you're high risk or not and where you're going, okay? It is true that most 
domestic airlines here in the U.S. allow lower pregnant women to fly up to even the 36th week of their pregnancy. But some airlines, depends on the airline, will request that they have a travel certificate from your provider saying what week you are. So, you know, they can make sure to check on you, you know, if they need to, or they just make sure they check their boxes like, okay, I have her document. Now, international airlines do kind of differ based on the airline, okay, and the flight duration and the destination. So because of this, I do recommend that you call directly to the airline, okay, and ask about their specific protocols because it really, really can vary. And international flights almost always require a travel certificate regardless of how pregnant you are. And I will say too, if you are considered high risk and your provider has stamped that on you, right, they may recommend that you stop travel well before that 36 weeks. I'm not going to say at any certain week because it really just kind of depends on what's going on. But just be aware that if you are high risk, you're probably going to be cut off a little bit sooner than 36 weeks. Now, let's talk about how you can stay comfortable flying. And this goes for, I guess, anyone, right? Because (laughs) flying sucks sometimes. Those little seats are just not comfy. I'm actually getting on an airplane tomorrow. Can you believe that? I can. This is a cool episode to record right before I get an airplane because I'm just refreshing my memory, right? So number one is to stay hydrated. I know that it's kind of a pain in the uh, but <laughs> to be pregnant, right? And you're drinking, 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 and you are then peeing, 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 and you're on an airplane and you have to unbuckle your seatbelt and get up and go and <laughs> get in that small little bathroom and like pull down your pants and sit down and pee and then get up and go back to your seat, sit down, and then like 10 minutes later, do the same thing, right? It sucks, but you will feel so much better if you are just hydrated because being dehydrated, especially when you're pregnant, can cause you to have some cramping in your abdomen, right? Your uterus, it can cause leg cramps, which aren't so nice. So it really, really is important to stay hydrated, even though it kind of be a pita. Number two, book an aisle seat. Just do it. It's usually possible unless it's a crazy, crazy full flight or something and you have a middle seat and you just can't switch or whatever. But I will say, if you can't book an aisle seat, a lot of people on airplanes are just very nice and they see a pregnant lady come in and they see that you're in a middle seat and they will say, you know what? I will switch with you. You can have my aisle seat because I know you're just going to be having to get up just as much as you are. So that might happen, you know, if you didn't get to actually book one. So hopefully you are sitting next to somebody who's nice and will let you just take their aisle seat. But definitely try and book an aisle seat if possible, because that's just still the conversation that I just had with the peeing all the time. And also, if you're not getting up to pee, you still should be stretching your legs, okay? In those aisle seats, you have just like a little bit more room on the sides. You can do like your leg stretching exercises, you know, like just you kind of roll your ankles around just so you're getting that blood flow going. Flying can make you really, really swollen down there. So moving your legs around, you know, while you're seated is really, really important and wearing compression socks. So if you don't have compression socks and you're about to fly, ooh, go on Amazon right now and get it for however, usually you can get it the next day a lot of times, but get yourself some compression socks because those, oh my goodness, will make a huge difference if you are flying and you're pregnant. 
Another tip is to see if you can board early or if you can upgrade to priority seating, right? Not everybody can do that, but if you can and it's an option and you, then you have a, even a little bit more room and sometimes the bathroom's like a little bit closer too, that's obviously a great thing to take advantage of. Not sure what you should be learning and doing in each week of pregnancy to feel your best and get prepared for birth? I know that when you're pregnant, it can feel impossible to stay on top of all the new stuff going on with your body, your baby, and your bulging at the seams to-do list. That's why I created the free weekly pregnancy series. Sign up to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. That's all one word, mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant. See you in your inbox real soon. Another tip is gas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Pregnancy just comes with gas in general, right? You're just more gassy when you're pregnant, but flying just comes with more gas in general. So a lot of times when you're pregnant and and you're flying, it's like the double whammy and oh my gosh, you're so gassy. (laughs) So just keep that on your radar that you might be extra gassy. So pack some gas X and just take some gas X before you take off. Okay. So you can get rid of that gas pain because it's just, ugh, it sucks. Try not to eat any broccoli before you get on your plane or, you know, anything that just can make you extra gassy. If you know you're prone to dairy products, you know, as you know, to have gas, try to avoid those, right? Or cauliflower, like I said, broccoli or whatever. But yeah, the gas can be intense. <laughs> so just be aware of that. Now, road trips at a certain point during your pregnancy, it might be 12 weeks. It might be 41 weeks, but at some point sitting in a car for a very long period of time just is not going to be your cup of tea anymore. It's not going to be comfortable. Okay. So if you have a road trip on your bucket list or it's just in the near future, most experts or most providers recommend that you try and do this in your second trimester or maybe early third trimester. But Obviously, this isn't a hard and fast rule. Similarly to what we just talked about with airplane stuff, swelling, circulation can be an issue with being in the car for a long time. So you want to make sure that you are staying well hydrated. You are getting up and moving around, moving your legs, you know, not sitting there for three hours just without any stops and wearing loose fitting clothing. I forgot to say that in the airplane tips, but that's a good airplane tip as well is try to wear loose fitting clothing if you can. Okay, so now let's just go over some general tips for traveling when you're pregnant and then we'll talk about baby moons, okay? So number one, just kind of be mindful of some safety best practices. Wear your seatbelt, right? We want to always wear our seatbelts. And you know what? This made me think of this. Okay. They have these things that you can buy that are supposed to like attach to your seatbelt to get the seatbelt not to touch your belly. Don't buy one of those. I know it looks like it makes it safer, but it actually doesn't. So you're not supposed to add anything at all to your car unless it's made by the manufacturer. This goes for like your car seat as well. So don't buy those things. Okay. It's just a gimmick. Don't do it. (laughs) Just wear your seatbelt underneath your belly. But regardless, wear your seatbelt. Make sure you know where the nearest hospital or urgent care is, you know, at your destination, wherever you plan on going. Wear sunscreen, right? Okay, wear bug spray if if it's, you know, bug season, whatever. 
water intake. We talked about that. And just listen to your body and your baby, okay? If something is not feeling right, even if you're traveling, you know, sometimes we travel and our bodies are just off and, you know, your GI system's just off. You don't feel right. But listen to your body. And if something just feels off with you, don't hesitate to call and go get seen because it's always worth the call. Another tip is don't over plan and take breaks. Traveling is tiring whether you're pregnant or not, but it can be even more tiring when you're pregnant. So try not to like over plan your trip and have, you know, something to do like every hour of your trip because you're pregnant. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, try to have a mix of like some downtime stuff, you know, a few hours of like not anything is really going on. And then maybe have an active, you know, kind of sort of thing. Okay. And then you have time, maybe you can take a nap or something, but just as a general reminder, try not to overbook and like over plan the trip. Another one is ask for help. We talked about the playing the pregnancy card, okay? And this is playing the pregnancy card. But seriously, it is okay to ask for help. You are pregnant. Don't be shy about asking for a seat on the shuttle, maybe to wherever. Sometimes you have to take a shuttle to a different airport or something, and you have to stand there for like 10 minutes and it sucks. You're pregnant. It is okay to be like, hey, can I sit down? Unless you're like an asshole, (laughs) I would think that anybody would be like, oh, yeah, sure, of course you can sit down, okay? It's okay. You're pregnant. You can ask for these things. Don't be shy. Sometimes airlines can even make extra accommodations. They can help you with your luggage. They have those little things that you can get on and ride through the airport. Seem pregnant moms on that thing. You can take advantage of this kind of stuff. It's fine. Tell them that I told you so. Let's move on to baby moons. So in short, a baby moon is a play on the word honeymoon, right? It's simply a trip that you take with your partner before your baby comes. And it really can be taken, you know, at any point during your pregnancy. It can look different for couples. Some people take them very early in their second trimester. Some people take them, you know, at 34, 35, even 36 weeks. But I do recommend it if you can get away because the idea is that you and your partner take this time to kind of just get away from the stresses of life and enjoy time together before you add this other person or maybe have two or three in there, right? You add to your family. It's still just you. So a baby moon is just meant to kind of cherish that last little time that you have together. That's just you because traveling once your baby arrives is a lot different. It's not impossible and it's fun. There's a lot of great things about traveling with kids, but there's a lot of not so great things. And it just comes with like extra stuff like car seats and diapers, pack and place, all this kind of stuff. So just taking a moment to kind of soak up this time that you have with your partner still, it can be really special. So I'm going to give you three reasons to plan a baby moon before birth because we are team baby moon here at Mommy Laborers. <laughs> Number one, like I said, connect with your partner, okay? One of the most important things that you can do before your baby comes is make sure your relationship is well prepared for baby. You guys know this. I've done podcast episodes on this before and talked about relationships and how important it is to nurture that relationship before you have your baby. Because parenting is a team sport. Communication, respect are going to be more important than ever once you have a baby. And a baby moon offers such a perfect opportunity to really just connect with each other and really work on this. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. 
This one says, I just want to drop a quick message. I took the MLN epidural course and recently delivered my little girl, 828 at 6.2 pounds. The course was so helpful in getting prepared for labor in so many ways. The breathing techniques, along with the mental reminder that the whole process is a marathon and not a sprint, was so important in adapting to the different elements of my labor and delivery. Thank you for making the info so digestible and useful. Oh, love it. And if you want to have an even better birth, just like this mom, head on over to mommylabornurse.com to check out our three online on-demand birth classes. Number two reason, de-stress and relax. Yes. Planning, preparing for baby, thinking of all of these things that you have to do and you have to get, you have to worry about whatever. It can be a lot of work and just a lot of mental stress. So taking the time to just kind of get away from your house will help you really recharge and not make you feel like you're just really pressured to always be preparing for baby. And if you are a first-time mom, I highly recommend that you take a baby moon simply because you can. You don't have any babies yet, right? Because traveling with a baby and then toddler and then kids is just different. And it's rewarding, like I said, in its own way, of course, but it's not super relaxing. (laughs) So this last trip that you might be able to take before that, If you do want to go an adult-only trip, you have to think about who's going to be watching the kids, right? But this one can be relaxing. So if you are a first-time mom, do it. It's going to be worth it. And even if you aren't a first-time mom, maybe you didn't take a baby moon with your first one, but you want to take one with your now your second pregnancy, I still do recommend that you do this. Whether you're pregnant with your second baby or third baby or whatever, if you are fortunate enough to have a trusted loved one who you feel comfortable taking care of your other kiddo or other kids for even just one night. It can be so rejuvenating to just be away, connect with your partner as an adult, you guys one-on-one before you add another member to your family. And then number three reason why I think you should take a baby moon is it is a great time to reflect, okay? With the busyness of life, responsibilities, endless to-do list before your baby arrives, it can be really hard to find the time to really focus on this amazing thing that your body is doing. Getting away and traveling, even for just a short time, is really a great chance to reflect on how you're feeling about your birth how you can prepare more for birth, you know, just what your thoughts are on everything. Sometimes we just need more free time to think. I think all of us, regardless of if you're pregnant or not, that reflection time is such a benefit to taking this little baby moon. Now, when should you go on a baby moon? So like I said, really no right or wrong answer to this, but you should be strategic. Late in your second trimester is a great time because it's usually the time with the least uncomfortable symptoms and you have the most energy. But the third trimester can also be a good time to go if you are planning a very relaxing baby moon because maybe you're not so relaxed and you're starting to get a little not so relaxed and you need a baby moon to kind of relax. But just don't plan it too close to your due date, right? Okay, so now let's go over some ideas. When I say baby moon, I think of like beach or, you know, you go to like some kind of Caribbean or like somewhere where you're on the beach, okay? But that's not for everybody. So I have some ideas here for some types of baby moons. I think it is helpful to first decide on 
the overall vibe, okay, the feel that you want your baby moon to have. Are you looking for an adventure? Do you want to experience new food or some new cultures? Do you want to go to the beach and just lay on the beach? That's fine, right? Do you want to be kind of more in nature and outdoor experiences and stuff? Totally up to you. Number one, nature and adventure, baby moon ideas. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so if you're into that genre, you know, you're the active, adventurous type, plan a baby moon in your second trimester when you are feeling good and you have the energy to do more adventurous type things. Maybe you're going paddleboarding, maybe you're going hiking, maybe you go somewhere that has a lot of jogging trails. Maybe you go and get like a little cabin in the woods or go to the mountains or something like that. Now, if you are kind of more into the romantic side, right, maybe you choose like a luxurious hotel that has a spa, okay, and they do prenatal massages. Usually you can do like a couple's massage when you're pregnant if you make special arrangements ahead of time. You'll also want to check out the proximity to nice restaurants, okay, or choose a hotel or resort that has like a lot of good eating options. If you're more of the culture and food filled baby moon type person, once you have kids going out to eat and exploring shops and museums, it's going to look a little different. So if you're looking for more of this kind of vibe, consider spending your baby moon in a never visited city or country somewhere where you just you've never been before. And it's just about exploring. Maybe you go get a hotel or you get an Airbnb in like a trendy part of your destination. You can explore restaurants and parks and museums, or maybe you are into a total relaxation baby moon. You're like, I don't want to be walking around anywhere. (laughs) I just want to lay around. That is okay too. So if you are into this, I recommend go to a resort, go to one of those just all inclusive resorts. You can sit by the pool. You can just drink a margarita, but you can drink your virgin whatevers and just lay there and lay in the sun and just get weighted on. It's great. And then finally, if you have a bucket list destination, go there. Hey, what's stopping you, right? Do it for your baby moon. That is it for this episode, you guys. This was fun. I liked this one a lot. And like I said, I'm actually getting ready to go on an airplane tomorrow. So it was fun to talk about traveling with you guys because I'm traveling. Guess where I'm going? I'm going to Mexico for a bachelorette party. Can you even believe that? I haven't been to Mexico. I don't even know how long, but I haven't been like outside of the country to one of those type places. You know, I've been to Israel last year, but I haven't been somewhere like Caribbean-esque or anything like that. I think since my honeymoon, I don't even know, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to be on the beach and we're staying in a resort. It's going to be safe, but I'm going to Mexico. It's going to be really, really, really fun. I'm really excited. Four days just in Mexico. It's going to be great. (laughs) So yeah, I will be on an airplane tomorrow, but I will see you guys next week. What are we talking about next week? Let me check my schedule. Ah, we are talking to Daphne Delvo. You guys, this is a great episode. I did an Instagram live with her about a month ago, a few weeks ago now, and she is just a wealth of information. We are going to be talking about legal stuff and insurance stuff, FMLA, maternity leave, pumping at work, that kind of stuff. Daphne is a lawyer who 
is a mom as well, but deals with a lot of moms who file discrimination, you know, suits against their employers, stuff like that. So she's very, very knowledgeable in that realm. And she's just very well spoken. And she just, it was great. I loved recording that episode with her. So we're going to be talking about next week. So be sure to stay tuned and I will see you guys next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver. Let's do travel tips first. Let's talk.